0: service this morning Still going strong. Excellent. Please keep praying for Jules as well.
1: two verses.
0: Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles,
1: and let us run with perseverance the race marked for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That picks up our theme for this morning.
0: Let us run with patience the race
1: that is set before us.
0: We're going to sing together. I've been told you may not know all these songs, but I did take them from the approved Kate list. So please don't shoot the messenger if you don't know them, will you? We begin with Praise is Rising. And I
1: believe this is going to be through the CD. So let's stand to sing. Is it me? No, I'm all right.
0: I don't know if any of you, I'm sure you must have known, that the Olympic Games has
1: recently taken place. It's a bit difficult to escape it from the television, wasn't it? Well, I
0: became a little bit, not obsessed, but intrigued by taekwondo. And I thought, well, I said to my wife, I said to Pauline, she's not here this morning, by the way, because we're going off to a family event at Ware immediately after the service, so
1: forgive me if I don't stay around today after the service the word. called Trewassa, which uh, didn't exactly have a star over it in the beginning of my life, but
0: it is the centre of
1: the universe as far as I'm concerned, and in the parish of Davidstowe. And Davidstowe, to their credit in those days, that were brought in especially for the occasion but right at the end of the day they always had the one mile open invitation race which was two laps, two half mile laps of the field in which the pony sports were taking place and I'd thought about it in the previous years I'd thought about taking part but I'd never done it on this particular occasion in 1970 it was pouring with rain It poured with rain the whole afternoon. It didn't seem to dampen the spirits. Hello. It didn't seem to dampen the spirits of the people. They seemed to be enjoying it. And as I was sitting there, dressed for rain, some of the children from my class walked by. Hello, sir. You going in the race, sir? can be in front of me now. When out of the tent came two young men dressed fully in running gear, and I'll guarantee you that their arms started under their armpits, and he placed them in front of me as well. The starter told us to take our place, on your marks, get set, go, and off we went.
0: Now I would love to tell you that in the last straight, I came hurtling through to break the tape, you know, a little bit like chariots of fire. To win the race? No. By the time I
1: was finishing my first lap, remember there were two laps, half a mile each, the time I was finishing my first lap, the winners were coming up the straight behind me, and I was still in last place. By the time I got all the way round the second lap, most of the people had gone home. They'd had enough of the rain, the race was all over, the cup had been presented, and basically the only people that were left My wife, my mum and dad, my young son who was only about less than a year old at that stage and those people who were taking the tents down. What
0: a disappointment.
1: What a disaster. And I want to try to explain why I think I lost the race. We'll come to that in a moment.
0: That's set the scene if you like. We're going to sing a song now which says I will offer up my life. And as we do that we're going to take the offering. It was probably a, a good
1: song for the offering and ask you to bring to the worship that which God has, you have prepared to bring to God this morning. Let's stand to sing.
0: Offer up my life in spirit.
1: So why didn't I win? Why wasn't I the one that received the trophy? Well, the first thing is I learned that the two young men that actually won the race, they had been training for weeks. Just for that one race, they'd been running through the local fields. I didn't know them. They'd been visiting, but they'd been training at home and then running through the local fields day after day training for this race. And they'd got themselves as far as they were able to the peak of physical fitness. And there was me, somebody who sometimes broke into a walk. I'd done no training for the event. I thought I was good enough. I thought I can cope with this. I saw the children in front. I thought I can beat them over 100 yards at school. (laughs) I saw the women in front. I thought surely I can beat a bunch of women. I did have a little bit of a doubt about the two young men, but I thought surely I could come in third and get the third prize. I thought I was good enough. And Jesus told this story about two men who went to pray, didn't he? And he said one was a Pharisee who stood there and said, Lord, I thank you, I'm so good. And there's a danger when you go to church, you can feel like that. Lord, I've been so good this morning, I've been to church. I'm feeling really, really good now. And better than my next door neighbor. They never, I think the expression is, darken the doorways of the church. I'm better than them. I say my prayers every night. Well, sometimes I might forget if I'm a bit tired, but I say my prayers and sometimes I read my Bible. I'm better than most of these people. And then there was the other person who went into the same building, came into the temple to pray, and he said, Lord, I know I'm not good enough. I know what I am. I know in your eyes, Lord, that I don't make the mark. I'm not there. And when Jesus told this story, he said, the one that went home justified in the eyes of God was the one who knew that he hadn't done enough, that he hadn't trained enough. I think it was St. John the Divine who said, when we come to heaven, we will not be disappointed That we haven't done anything for God. We'll be disappointed that we haven't done more, that we haven't read God's word more, that we haven't prayed more, that we haven't witnessed more, that we haven't trained more in this race that God has set before us. So I hadn't trained enough. And then let me describe what I was wearing. We knew it was raining, so I'd worn my walking boots. I was wearing Harris tweed trousers. Now, those of you who remember Harris Tweed, it's coming back into fashion, I believe. It absorbs water very, very well. I'm sure the modern Harris Tweed, they've done something to make it water-resistant or something. I was wearing a donkey jacket and a wide-brimmed hat. I was dry. It had been raining. And I stood on the start line like that. By the time I'd got about halfway round the first lap, my shoes, my boots, walking boots, had collected so much mud that they probably weighed twice as much as they were when I'd first started out. My Harris tweed trousers were sodden and clinging to my legs. The donkey jacket kept me dry. I did, after the first lap, take my hat off and decided that would help. It didn't do much, but I was weighed down. I was burdened. I'd got things on me that shouldn't have been there. And they stopped me running the race as I should have been running it. This is a true story, by the way. There are those who could still verify the truth of it. And in our own lives, what stops us running the Christian race sometimes? Things that weigh us down. The Bible describes it as being sin. Well, You can call it what you like. Sin simply means falling short of the mark. It's an archery term. That when you draw the bow and let fly, if the arrow doesn't reach the mark, it's called sinning. You have not reached the mark. But I was weighed down, and we get weighed down by all those things that crowd in on our lives and would destroy the peace and joy that God wants us to have and sets us free. I sometimes say that in the, i probably said this before, but I can remember it, saying it in the Methodist church anyway, because that's where I was brought up. I used to say in the Methodist church, hallelujahs used to be two a penny. You can't get one for a pound now. There's no freedom in our worship. You look at some of those on songs of praise, you must think, oh, look at them. Oh, look at them with their hands in the air and clapping. And What's the matter with them? Where's the freedom gone? What God has given us is freedom and he sets us free from the weights that weigh us down. When Jesus went to the cross, he took upon himself all our burdens, all of them. And we used to sing a song years ago, burdens are lifted at Calvary, so that we can run the race that God wants us to run. You would know what hinders you. For some young people these days, it seems to be the Xbox or online gaming with friends and people. They seem to spend so much time there, they hardly know what the outdoors looks like, and when they do come outdoors, they're like pit ponies, you know, they're not quite sure where they are. That's for some young people, that gets in the way, and it is a burden. For some people, it's sport that takes over. I have family like that. They have children who are involved in games, in teams, and where are they on a Sunday morning? Involved with sports. It's a burden. I believe it's holding them down. There's nothing wrong with sport. Nothing wrong with the Xbox. Nothing wrong with gaming with your friends on the computer. But if it gets in the way of your race for God, then it's a burden that you need to get rid of. And Jesus can take it. Jesus can take that burden. And he can set you free. Anything that holds you down. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's a relationship that's difficult. But even that burden, God can take. And set us free. So I didn't train enough. And I was burdened down. Let's sing a song which um, was intended in case there were any children here. Um, I'm not sure how good we are with this one. But
0: we doing the actions.
1: Well, why not? Okay. Oh, yes. There we go. Our God is a great big God. You know this one. Hey. Come on, come did you know either of the other two, by the way? Oh, you did. Some of you. Let's stand to sing then. And if you know the actions, do join in. (laughs) Amen. Do sit down. Thank you. And well done for joining in. You soon got there. I tell you what, there's a lot better than tired quando that. Just checking that I haven't missed anything out. I don't think I have. And my third reason for not winning the race. I had a friend called Philip when I was at primary school. And I'd always been able to beat Philip in the race. Any race, I could beat Philip when I was at primary school. Philip had won the race the previous two years at the Davidstow Pony Sports. And I thought, I could always beat Philip. When we got to the start line, Philip wasn't there. He'd been at Pony Sports, but he wasn't in the race. And I learned afterwards that he felt he was too old. (laughs) I'd left it too late. I'd left it too late to enter the race. I wasn't young enough. I was 27 by this time. I was too old to even beat the children from my own class who were 9 and 10 years old. I was too slow, too old. I'd left it too late. And you know, I remember a a teacher colleague friend saying to me when she was talking to me about spiritual things, and I used to try and bring it round whenever I could, but she said, I can understand old folk. And I'm sorry if I'm looking at the front row here, but not old. The older generation believing in God because they want to be certain of something in the future, but it's not for me. Not yet. Not yet. A little bit like um, in the the story of Paul, where the king says to Paul, you almost persuade me to be a Christian. I'm almost there. My first wife, Judy, was also a local preacher. In fact, (laughs) she beat me to it. She passed her local preacher's exams quite a long time before I did. And she preached on one occasion... Right near Dosmery Pool. And if you know anything about North Cornwall at all, Dosmery Pool is where King Arthur is said to have thrown Excalibur. And the lady of the lake put her hand up and took the sword. And she was preaching at a little church there. And she preached on being today, today, now, is the day of salvation. And there was a man in the congregation who spoke to her afterwards and said, That was really interesting. I'm going home to think about that. He was killed on his way home in a car crash. How much he had thought about it, how far he had come in entering the Christian race, we don't know. We can only pray that he did. But he didn't feel he was quite ready. Not yet. Not at this moment. And there is a danger that we can leave it too late, like he might have done. Had a young school teacher friend. Had a lot of time for her and She was a delight, but she was killed in a car crash. Instant. Gone. None of us know the day nor the hour. How can we dare not join the race now? You see, there were two things that I did right. In that race, there were two things I'm proud of. First of all, I took part, I entered the race. And secondly, I was proud of the fact that I finished. I finished it. I didn't win but I did finish. And that's all that God calls upon us to do in the Christian race. He, does, he says, you're not all going to be winners. You're not all going to be preachers. You're not all going to be speakers up the front. You're not all going to be stewards in the church. But there is something for you to do, and that is to enter the race of life, or enter the race that Jesus has opened up for us, the narrow way. It's open for us now. And we can get rid of the weights And it's never too late as long as we're alive, is it? Remember the thief upon the cross. On the cross, he said to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, today you will be with me in paradise. Wow. Could he say that of you today? Today you will be with me in paradise should he call you home. In the first letter of Timothy, chapter 2, Chapter 12. I've just got to check I'm reading the right verses. Otherwise, you could have the whole of the second, the second letter of Timothy being read to you. Chapter, second letter of Timothy, chapter 4 and verse 7. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And in his letter to the Philippians, Paul says that if we remain faithful, if we have joined in the race, if we have remained faithful to the end, then the prize will be ours. You won't have to share it with anybody. The crown of life will be ours. So can I encourage you this morning, young, old, whoever you might be, join the race. Join the race. Then train. Read God's word. Pray with him. Talk with him. Try to get rid of those things that get in the way of your Christian witness. And don't leave it until tomorrow. Today is the day of salvation. I was told when I was first contacted that uh, you wanted about a 45-minute service. So I've only got about an hour left, if that's okay. Before we sing our final song, Let's just come together in a moment of prayer. Let us pray. Father God, we open ourselves up to you now. Help us to take into our beings that which is needful to begin this race that you have set before us. The race that Paul talks about. The race that's mentioned by the writer to the Hebrews. And Father, let us look unto Jesus as the finishing line as the author and the finisher of our faith. Father God, help us to lay aside those things that would hinder us from being the people that you would have us be. And help us, Father, to be sure of our salvation. We pray for those that we know, and some were mentioned at the beginning of the service, Father, that would value our prayers today. May they know that they're being remembered before you now. And help us, as we remember them, to perhaps be the answers to our own prayers. We pray for our world. We pray for so much sadness and sickness and death and destruction, natural disasters such as the terrible earthquake in Italy and then those man-made disasters that make us feel so sad, Father, that one person can hate another so much. Father God, we bring our world to you, such a beautiful place. Help us to be in where we live, to be the people of God. Bless this church. Bless Kate and the family as they holiday. Bless the ministry of this place. And to you be the glory. We say together the prayer that Jesus taught his friends. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The hymn writer in our final song uses these words. But we never can prove the delight of his love until all on the altar we lay. We sing together when we walk with the Lord. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let us go out into the world to live and
0: to work to his glory. Amen.